Hello, lords and lovelies, and welcome back to episode three of the Knights of the Round podcast. I am the hostess with the mostest, Rava. And I am your host, uh, Arthur. I like how you almost forgot your name for just a second. Uh, yeah, it just kind of slipped away, got away from me there for a second. Uh, it's been a while since we've done one of these, and I apologize. Uh, holiday seasons really got our lives in a twist. However, we've got time back on our hands. All A lot of our projects have now been finished, and now we can get back to doing a lot of the stuff that we enjoy, including this podcast. Doing the podcast. Yeah, uh, so Arthur is a manager in the food industry and i am a teacher so my holiday was pretty empty because we have holiday break off but that's also the busiest season <laughs> the for busiest anyone. time of my year i'm i was steadily pulling 66 plus hour weeks six days a week it's it was not pretty i was so tired but thankfully we've gotten through the worst of it uh where we're now going into a slower season because everybody's done spent all their money and they don't have their uh tax checks yet so we've got time on our hands and we're we're ready and we've got a episode that we're pretty hyped about oh you stole it from me i was gonna do a pun first how dare <laughs> well you did the you did the uh, pun first on the video so i didn't figure i'd steal it from you on this one speaking of which go check out our video that should be up by now if you haven't already on our youtube channel for those of you who might be listening to us on the podcast sites we are now available of course on google podcast anchor and spotify so check us out there at knights of the round podcast but uh if the hint and the title of the video uh podcast i mean didn't give you the answer uh, already we are going to be talking about hype Hype around series, hype around uh, properties and projects, and what does that do for the 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 subject matter in question? Yeah, we really want to focus and hone in on how does hype affect a franchise or a series or a product or whatever. What does hype do to that thing? So you know, hype, of course, in general is like super intense promotion but i think hype can be done differently it could be like the media oversaturating with commercials um like for example any of you guys who uh, lived in georgia during the runoff election you know about the media saturation uh but it could also be you know friend hype or or social hype people in your friend group um who want to express their hype about something to you so it's just kind of that promotion. And I honestly think that it can do really good things for a series and really bad things for a series. And you, know, it doesn't actually have to be series either. Uh, you know uh, how hype something is uh, when you see it constantly and you think, all right, I'll give this a try. And then you try it. And well, typically more often than not, it doesn't live up to these expectations that you've now formed. Take something that's entirely divergent from what we normally talk about, the McRib. How many commercials have there been for the McRib that Bruh. have sold it as the king of sandwiches? And it is a solid 72 at best. I mean... You can't even eat McRibs. What are you talking about? I am a rib connoisseur. I can look at that floppy Gandalf slipper that they've shoved on a bun with some raw onions and some bland pickles and say, that's not a good sandwich. And 
watching people react to the McRib, they all have the same reaction of, well, it's a sandwich, I guess. Ooh, that brings up a really good point, though, that I can kind of build off from that. Tying it back into, you know, our ideas that we like to explore different pop culture elements. You almost saw that the hype train go insane with the Szechuan sauce. You remember the oh, Szechuan the sauce? Szechuan sauce, yeah, from from the infamous Rick and Morty uh, premiere, uh, where it got to the point where where McDonald's uh, was so inundated with requests to bring back the Szechuan sauce by Rick and Morty fans that they eventually capitulated and said, "Sure, we'll bring it back." Um, and and a lot of the people were like, "Yeah, this is." Okay, why were we excited about something like that? It was actually a uh, it tasted like ketchup with soy sauce and a little bit of Szechuan for heat. It it was um it was mostly entirely underwhelming, uh, but the fans enjoyed it for the meme, and so that it made them happy. (laughs) So you know, again, connecting it back to our topic, I think that hype actually ended up damaging rick and morty in that in that fashion and what i mean by that is that there are a lot of people who won't check out rick and morty not because of the show regardless of how good or bad you think it is i'm actually a rick and morty fan i think the show is really funny Same here. i also think it's really deep but because of that hype that overhype that turned into insanity levels people won't check out rick and morty because of the fan base and honestly, I I don't blame them. Once you hear, you know, millions of people go, watch this. This is God's gift to, to animation. This is the best thing I've ever watched in my life. It'll make you laugh so hard that you'll murder your children. You think, okay, all right, well, let me check this out. And then no matter what it is, it's not going to live up to that expectation that has now been set. Uh, if you go into something expecting it to be you know, a 10 out of 10, and it's a 9 out of 10, that doesn't mean it's a bad series, but it still lands below your expectations. And even if it does land at a 10 out of 10, it's now only meeting your expectations. It will not exceed it like it has for these people who went in more or less blind. So I do think you're right. But what what I was trying to get to is that it is this this level of hype and, and media attention that was given to the Rick and Morty fans that their overzealousness caused people to avoid the show entirely. And you actually can, I think, see that with several fandoms. So I see you look confused. So what I'm no, trying no, no, to... Okay. I, no, I, 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 I had an itch on my nose. I'm sorry. But I, I completely agree because it's a, a similar situation that happened with Steven Universe as well. Yes. Steven Universe fans are so incredibly possessive and defensive of that franchise that any attempt at criticism no matter how valid is met with a a, a vomit of just hate and toxicity mm-hmm. and and rick and morty fans are very much the same if you dare criticize their precious rick and morty they will attack you for it or it is the um what's the meme it's a you have to have an iq of a minimum of 200 to understand rick and morty and people you know just the your average uh television goer might look at that and be like well i don't really care what the show is about but because of the level of hype that you people create with the show i i want to avoid it i don't want to be associated with that i've seen that with um 
uh, like you said, with Steven Universe. I've seen that with My Little Pony is a really big one where a lot of people avoid, avoid that show because of the fans. Um, uh, and, you know, you see that because of the overhype of the, of the, the fandom actually does sometimes make people avoid it all it entirely. I would argue that we're kind of drifting a little bit more into a conversation on toxic fan bases, which I would love to do an episode on toxic fan bases. There's a lot that I could talk with on that. However, uh, maybe a, a more present uh, or or a better one that I think I personally could talk about would be Game of Thrones, because Game of Thrones is a, a this series that I think we both can agree is objectively fantastic. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have a very toxic fan base, but I did not enjoy it nearly as much as everybody else did. Well, let's let's come back to that because I want to keep kind of the, the conversation a little bit more orderly so it's easier to follow. But we've got a, a division of hype, you know, what good hype can do and what bad hype can do. And I think we can actually talk about you know, and, and most of the podcasts will probably honestly be the bad that hype can cause. But let's take a, a minute. Like, what what do you think is some things that hype can do for a franchise or a product that is good? Uh, so uh, uh, an episode of good hype. Um, well, we don't have to do the whole episode, but just. No, 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 no. no. Uh, some examples. I apologize. Oh, okay, an okay. example of good hype. Or just what hype can do that is good in general. Uh, typically it can, uh, shed light on a underappreciated or, or, uh, underviewed, uh, product, uh, like the life of Pi. Uh, the book was very largely, um, under the radar for a lot of people until the movie came out and the movie, uh, for life of Pi actually generated enough excitement for it that the book sales skyrocketed. And I do think that. Because, you know, of course, being an English teacher, I love hearing the book sales skyrocket. But I do think that hype, especially hype generated from films, people will go and buy the book. I will be honest. I didn't read Life of Pi until I heard the movie was coming out. Then, and I know you had this rule as a child as well. My, my rule was, well, I know there's a movie coming out, so I have to read the book mm -hmm. before I go see the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had actually... I want to say I've read Life of Pi twice because then I had to later read it for a college class. You know, being an English major, you read a lot of books. Yeah. But I read it because I wanted to read it because of the hype around the movie. And I think it got me to read a good book. Mm -hmm. Um. Whereas normally I probably, it is not, Life of Pi is not in my genre of books that I usually read, but it's really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, it was actually The Golden Compass. When I saw that the Ooh. movie for The Golden Compass was coming out, uh, I was not allowed to to go watch the movie until I had read the book. And turns out that, again, a lot of people got into the was it His Dark Materials uh, yes. series because The Golden Compass. And The Golden Compass movie was, it was okay. okay. You know, it was it was a good movie, I guess. I'd give it a 7 out of 10. Uh but the book series, you know, his dark materials are fantastic books. Mm -hmm. uh, so that uh, I think that would be a uh, when it comes to something like that, uh, a, a a a reference material or or something that's based off of something else can definitely uh, the hype for it in one medium can generate a lot of positivity for something else in another medium. Uh, so I can say too that. 
for books, I actually normally like book hype and I, I'll actually talk about some bad book hype, but honestly, a lot of the books that I, I'm drawn to are those ones like, well, I've heard about this before. Or I've heard people talk about this before. So let me take it, you know, pick it up and give it a chance. Uh, the one of the series that I have read nearly every book, there's one book in the series that I have not read yet is the Mortal Instruments series and, and all of its various spinoffs. I picked up City of Bones because my friends were reading it and they talked about how good it was. And I picked it up and I really in, enjoy the series. I love the characters. I love the world. The world in the Mortal Instruments and all of its franchise series is very well done and it is a very well-developed world. But I wouldn't have read the book if I hadn't have had it hyped up by my friends. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know a lot of friends that said that they'd wouldn't pick up the hunger games normally until the movies came out they saw the movies and they're like all right cool let me give the books a try and then they became fans of the books uh i know a lot of people who still to this day haven't read the harry potter books but they saw the movies and the movies is all it took to get them mm -hmm. neck deep in the harry potter fandom uh and and so so this this the this hype this this constant generation of excitement around a product can absolutely have a beneficial effect. It's not just a negative uh, connotation. Uh, actually, one of the products that I was most hyped about here in the last five years was the Final Fantasy VII remake. And oh my lord, when that was announced, it was like the world had exploded. So um, I'm also going to mention to kind of, you know, building off of this is a lot of times as a high school English teacher, I'll ask my kids for recommendations or I'll read books that are really hyped up by them. And I've had some good and bad experiences with it. I did, though, have a great experience. There's a book that I really recommend our listeners, as long as you think you could handle the material to read it. It's a book called Girl in Pieces, and it's about a girl who is in rehab for her... Um, uh, she's an addict, but she's not addicted to drugs. She's not addi addicted to um, alcohol or anything like that. She's addicted to harming herself. And it's about her picking up her life that had essentially fallen apart. And it, uh, students recommended it to me. They hyped it up for me. And I was like, okay, I'll give this a try because I, I want to, you know, understand what they're reading. And it's incredible. It's an incredibly written story. It's very believable. And it's just it was it was very very well done. Mm, I'll have to give that a check out because I've actually never heard of that. Oh, it's so good. Um, and like I said, uh, uh, Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy VII remake was one of the things that I absolutely was was overhyped about. Um, although now that I've finally been able to, I finally have a PlayStation Four and I can play through it. You're welcome. And <laughs> thank you very much for that Christmas present. Actually, thank you, Rafa. Uh, it's to me, it lives up to the hype. I, there's been so many times where I've been listening to the soundtrack and be like, oh my God, this is such a faithful recreation to the, uh, an update and a remaster of the original track. Da, 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 and I've just fanboyed about it. Um, however, going back to, um, um, uh, what's that you written down? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. We can totally talk about that one. Uh, I was about to say, uh, it's, it's actually a game that I didn't play. I watched somebody else play it, but, uh, I kept it and I let Arthur play it. I was like, Arthur, you really want to play this game because I don't 
really game a lot. I game enough to understand, you know, gaming stuff, but I don't game a lot. But uh, this this game deserves the hype. I think you should play it. Oh, no, absolutely. And and I'm a major video game. I've been playing video games it basically it's ever since I could sit in front of a computer. You know, I've played Sonic and I've played uh, the original Final Fantasy. I've played video games my whole life through. Um, and the, the, the one that we're talking about right now is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, and I've actually come to learn that it's a bit of a controversial game. Really? It, it's not like your traditional Zelda game. It's, it's the, it is almost actually too open world for a Zelda game. Um, and a lot of people find that the breakable weapons is an extremely annoying feature. But for all the reasons people dislike the game, I greatly enjoy it. I think that it is a breath of fresh air. And it, it brings this this new level of excitement and wonder and adventure to this adventure game series that it's honestly been lacking for a while. I didn't get that a lot from Wind Waker. I really didn't get that from Skyward freaking sword. I got it a little bit in Twilight Princess um, and my little 10 year old self uh remembers exploring the fields of Hyrule in Ocarina of Time and thinking, wow, this is so awesome. I can go anywhere and do anything. And who knows what I'll find. And I'm playing it now. And I'm like, this is what 10 year old me thought Ocarina of Time was. It is a massive open world where I could go anywhere and do anything. Uh, I, I give some merit to some of the arguments saying that like, Hey, it doesn't have the actual dungeons that we want from a Zelda game. But honestly, it has as much expanse as you can give it yourself. And I am an exploration type player. We were actually talking about this earlier today. I am an exploration type player. I like to find every nook and cranny and corner of a game that I possibly can find because that's just what I do. I When I played World of Warcraft... I was the guy who was doing the jumping glitches to glitch out of the map so I could find the places. He's still and, that guy. And we I'm, don't I'm still well. that guy. When we play Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm still that guy because uh, that's what I want. I want to find all these nooks and crannies that I'm not supposed to be in. Apparently, that's uh, been a running theme since I was born, if you'd ask my mother. So do you think that did Breath of the Wild live up to the hype that it had gotten before that and mm. all of the, the the awards that it was got or nominated for and all of this critical hype that it got. Do you think it deserves that? I think it did. I think the, the whole game of the year and like all these massive accolades that were thrusted at it, I think it totally deserves that. I think a lot of really high diehard stands of the series didn't like it. I, I don't like change, but I I loved it from beginning to end. I loved it. I loved the characters. I loved the story. I loved the writing. I loved the finally we get voice acting in a Zelda game. Hey, oh, it took us long enough. We have the technology, guys. I loved it. Uh, and so despite all the immense amounts of hype, and I would say I was very skeptical because of the hype. When I picked up the game, I was like, oh, I'll try it out. I don't think it's going to be as good as everybody says it is. But how many nights was I up way too late because I just had to get one more dungeon done. I had to just get one more spirit orb. I need to just get one more. Oh, if I could just get to the top of this mountain. And it just went on forever. So to give you a, a picture, 
um, we have it on the Wii U because, you know, we couldn't afford a Switch. Uh, so I just had the Wii U version. And of course, I got the Wii U version before the Switch came out. But he would lay in bed with the bedroom door open. Uh, travesty, I know. But he would have it open because if we closed the door, it would interrupt the signal to the gamepad. And he knew he was supposed to go to bed. But he's like, I, I got to keep playing this game. I just and, can't stop it. I can't stop. <laughs> and I had, I, I haven't really honestly seen you like that with a video game before. Not that engrossed into a game before that you're, you're trying to, you know, bring it to bed. You're doing that whole one more and one last thing mm. um, with it. So I would agree. And again, I think the hype, especially from that franchise, because of course anything in that franchise is going to have a lot of hype, but I think it drew attention to that just like it did with these book series. And that's how hype can be beneficial. Absolutely. But I'm going to be real. I don't think a lot of people are looking for, you know, hype being good. They want to hear about well, what is bad hype and what, what, what things are we going to crucify you guys for? Cause you thought they were overhyped and not very good. And I'll be honest, uh, uh, more often than not, uh, hype kills something more than it helps something. At least in our personal opinion. I want to go back to something you said about how hype can increase your expectations to an absurdly high level that you expect, you know, God tier, A plus tier, because everybody's talked about how this is the thing. Uh, the phrase I've heard a lot is it's the savior of anime. So when you go into <laughs> something expecting that, and you don't get that, or you perhaps even subconsciously think, well, there's no way it could be that good, then you're not going to enjoy it. No, absolutely. And going back, because I, I really do want to touch on this, uh, to what I mentioned earlier. That Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. Uh, I it, Let me preface this before I get hung by the internet. Uh Game Shame. of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones is a good series. I'm trying from the last season. Game of Thrones is a good series. It is excellently made. The books and the show up until the last season. Uh, asterisk on everything I'm about to say, except for the last season. Uh, it is excellently written, excellently acted. Uh, the characters are amazing. The world is immense and believable. I loved it. However, I did not start watching Game of Thrones until it was well into its fifth season because everybody and their dog had told me that it was the greatest thing to ever grace the small screen and that they would sell their left toenail to Satan in order to get more of it right now. And I thought, well, I ain't no way in hell it is this good. I mean, if Satan's only asking for a toenail, that's not a very big price there. But it's your left toenail. It's not bad enough that it's going to cripple you, but it's going to annoy you. And for the rest of your life, you just it, it's, it's a minor inconvenience that's just going to bug you. So I had actually a very different experience with Game of Thrones, and I think it affected my enjoyment more. So when I started watching Game of Thrones, I was uh, dating my former boyfriend uh, at the time. And he had started watching it on, I want to say like HBO. It was before HBO Max came out. But what it was, was that he, it was in the middle or no, sorry, it was like three episodes into season two. So I didn't have an issue with it because I had already actually been, you know, I didn't hear anything about it. I was like, oh, and he explained the premise of it to me. And I said, this seems like something I could enjoy. So I went back because it was on demand to watch the first season 
caught up on the second season and then I went out and bought the books because I'm I'm like that. Mm-hmm. So I was one of the people doing the hyping because <laughs> I was watching it as it was coming out and I started it before everybody was selling their left arm or kidney because I think those are more, you know, uh, impactful. More and more impactful things. Uh... Than, than your toenails. But um, uh, I started it before then, so I think I enjoyed it more because I didn't have any expectations other than, this sounds like a cool fantasy show. And, oh, it's got that guy from Lord of the Rings in it. I'll give this one a try. That guy from Lord of the Rings in it. Um, uh, that's, that's such a wonderful not specific at all honestly that's actually kind of why i watched it because i'm a huge lord of the rings fan but no like i i fully admit that it is a good show but it is a and for the first few seasons it was fantastic but like i said earlier when you are told it's a 10 out of 10 and you watch it and you think yes that is a 10 out of 10 it meets your expectations whereas everybody else like yourself were like wow this is fantastic because you weren't going in expecting it to be the savior of shows you know the the second coming of christ you were expecting a decent show and you Mm -hmm. got a 10 so you were like yes this totally blew my expectations out of the water but i was very lukewarm i was lukewarm about it even uh, through the Red Wedding, all through Jon Snow's death, every single second of it, I was like, this is good. I am pleased. But that was it. Uh, so I want to reverse the tables on this now and mention a series that you like to where we had almost the exact opposite reaction to this series. And this is the anime One Punch Man. I was told that One Punch Man was the savior of anime. I was told that it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And I'm a little iffy uh, on comedy anime as it is. But everybody was telling me that it's like, no, like Jesus Christ himself wrote this. It's great. It's fantastic. It is going to save anime. It is the new, you know, Cowboy Bebop. So I was like, all right, if you go and tell me about all this, fine, I'll sit down. It's only 13 episodes. I'll sit down and watch it. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay. I'm waiting for that moment. I'm waiting for that moment. I'm like, you know, where's the the bang at the end of Cowboy Bebop? Where's the Yusuke versus Tagoro? Where is the Ed and Al finding out what the ingredients of the Philosopher's Stone are? You know, where is that moment? And it had the fight with and the Sea King, and that was pretty cool. Fantastic! I yeah. actually thought that fight was pretty pretty funny. And and when uh, Moomin Rider got bitch slapped into the next dimension, you you thought that was hilarious. Oh, I thought that was so funny. But I ended the series. I was like. I have, I mean, it was okay. And I was like, I don't have any desire to watch the second season, regardless of what anybody says about it. Just because my expectations were that this was going to save anime as we know it. And that's not what I got. And like you said uh, about Game of Thrones, I was the one, me, I was the one building the hype for One Punch Man because I read it when it was a webcomic and then I read it when it was a manga and then they said, hey, we're doing an anime and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, let's go. And so I was the one because I knew how good it was and how good it was going to be. So when I I saw the first episode, I was like, oh, no doubt, this is going to be fantastic. This is going to be one of the best anime of the year Uh, because I already had this uh predisposition towards it i was already thinking in my head i enjoy this property i get more of this property let's go 
Uh, so I, I was definitely in the opposite position. I was the guy who was hyping it up. And, you know, in hindsight, it is definitely got a target audience. And if you're not part of that target audience, then you will lose a lot of enjoyment for the series. And I can definitely see how it's not worth all the hype that it got. I still consider it a great anime. Would you consider it the savior of anime? I would not consider it the savior of anime. No, it is not a Evangelion. It is not a Cowboy Bebop. Whoever told you that was a liar. <laughs> the internet told me that, Arthur. The internet <laughs> told me that. Do you believe everything you read on the internet, Rava? Do you? Not at this point, no. You shouldn't ever, Jesus Christ. So, ooh, ooh, but can we can we talk can we talk about can we talk about something uh, uh I want, building off of that? I want to start off talking about this one because I had a very uh, a roller coaster of an experience with this franchise uh, and this Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan is one of the best things, and it will be one of the greatest anime of all time. Oh, and I'm just going to come down. Hype, hype alert, hype alert, hush, hype alert. Hush, let me finish. <laughs> but no, Attack on Titan is going to go down in history as one of the greatest anime of all time. And I know I'm being hypocritical right now, but I I, I am telling you, and Bar <laughs> not Barathor, Arthur, whatever his moniker is, is going to tell you why this is the case. So I have watched Attack on Titan since it came out. I... Watched the first episode premiered. I I have watched it since then. I've watched the episodes as they come out with a couple of weeks, maybe where I, you know, binged a couple of episodes. I have been on the Attack on Titan train since the beginning. Toot, toot. So I, yes, I am one of the people generating the hype. You have been one of the people generating the hype. You will be the hype. You are the hype. I am the hype. <laughs> However, uh, I I started watching it when it was first premiered because everybody was like, dude, check out this because it was back when the first episode premiered. Uh, and I'm like, wow, that is fantastic. That's really cool. I like that concept. And then they started uh, going through the paces as they were training and growing older. They were going through military academy. And I'm like, is this is this leaning towards like a, like a war is hell kind of story? There are no heroes. There are no good guys. They're doing that. I think I might be into this because at the point where I was when I started watching it, I was very much shonen out. Do uh, I said I was watching fairy tale and I'm like, this is so boring. This is so this is like, oh, shoot. We just lost like four subscribers <laughs> like this is discount Naruto with all of the <laughs> charms sucked out of it. Uh, this is this is all of the worst parts of Dragon Ball Z put into an anime. <laughs> I hated it. And there was a couple of other shonen that I was watching at the time. I was like, I'm just kind of done with sh normal flat shonens. I'm sick of it. And so when I, I saw the first like five episodes of attack on Titan. I'm like, okay, this is kind of different. Uh, let's see where this goes. And I will say that attack on Titan has one of the be honestly best first episodes and best introductions that I've seen in a while. Oh yeah. You, know, absolutely. you think it starts out really slow and you kind of think, oh, okay, well we've got to have this episode where it introduces the characters. And then it's like, nah, here's the nah. colossal Titan. <laughs> beat, beat motherfucker. Pfft. Everybody it, it kicked, is now dead. It kicked through that uh, that hype gate like the colossal titan kicked through Wall Maria. Let's go. Uh, but it gets to like what was it, episode five, seven, six, seven? You talk the, about the the one where where everybody Aaron, fucking dies. Yes. 
about, uh, yes, I want to say that's episode five. So it gets there, and and it's been building up Aaron to be the shonen tag, where I'm gonna kill all the titans. I'm gonna be the main character, and then the my shonen rage. You with my shonen rage and the power of my plot armor, and then the first time he actually gets into combat against a titan, he gets murked immediately. His entire squad within a span of like thirty seconds. All of them die. Every single one of them. Spoiler alert for a 10-year-old anime. I don't, not that old I, it's yet. not that old Yeah, I know. But uh, the, every everybody except for like the wimpy nerdy kid who you thought was going to be the first one to die, everybody dies except for him. And I'm like, oh, shit, they're doing, they're actually going through with this war as hell. There are no heroes. You know, the world doesn't care about your vendetta against it. You are an instant. I was like, whoa let's go at that point my hype hit the roof i was like this is exactly what i want and then the next episode he has a shonen transformation and he turns into a titan punches people to death and i went no no fucking bullshit because it turned into a normal shonen at that point and and i lost so much interest in season one after that it wasn't until season two had finished and you had started watching season three that rava here was like no fucking watch it it's that is not the the entire series and we still had to wait until season four premiered for me to get you to watch it because i told you uh, i was like I'm watching season four with or without you. Um, <laughs> she bullied. She bullied me into bullied watching him. it. She she absolutely bullied me into watching it. And I'm glad you did because you're entirely right. Uh, uh, eventually, it does come full circle and it does go back to that whole war as hell. There are no heroes, morally gray kind of full metal alchemist stories that I I absolutely love. Uh, and and the hype ended up coming and paying off, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And I agree with you. It is going to be one of those shows that influences the medium for the next decade. So so to give you an idea, you know, the second season you actually and and this was I wish I could have recorded this and I probably should have. But in the second season, it is revealed who the colossal and uh, armored titan are. And Arthur went into it. He'd actually gotten it spoiled about who they were. But when it was revealed, he still acted like he had never because never of heard about the it. way that they revealed it, it was so not something I field. saw. No, like, and there was there was no hint, there was no build up. It was just boom reveal, and you went, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I screamed. Do you think that you can enjoy Attack on Titan more now that you know uh, uh, it's not season one levels of hype? Um, honestly, because again, I was part of the hype in season one. Uh, and then when season three came out, I, a lot of people that I personally knew were talking about how fantastic it was looking at you, Rava, <laughs> how that, how it was going to be the next savior of anime. And after that disappointment in season one, I thought, ah, there's no way, not even a little bit. Um, and, and because I had been spurned, so burned on, on hype in the past, I, I was very hesitant to believe it. Um, and uh, hype can do that. Hype can preemptively turn people away. Just just the fact of people being overexcited about a, a product can make other people instantly discredit those claims in their head. 
So do you think now that we are on, because now we are on the other side of, you know, especially after last week's episode of, of Attack on Titan, we are on the other side of the hype and we are now trying to get people to watch it instead of us being yelled at and saying everybody telling us to watch it we are on the other side no we're so yelling think, at everybody Every, hey think, everybody listening to this watch attack on titan <laughs> so and if you want uh you can always you know dm us and i will give you a thorough explanation for why you should watch it but <laughs> do you think that now that we are on the well i've always been on the side but do you think now that you are on you are on the train instead of getting run over by the train that you are enjoying it more because you are now part of the hype instead of getting hyped at. I can definitely say that, but it's also one of those things where unless you're watching it as it's airing, then then there's no way to be on the hype train. The hype train is limited Mm. to the release of the product. And if you don't jump on right when the product is released, then you are going to be left behind or ran over. And there are no other, you're either on board behind or ran over. There's no other way to deal with the hype train. I don't know. I would kind of disagree with that just because I'm thinking of, you know, one of the shows that you've actually said that you, you really enjoyed and you didn't watch it until like four months ago. And that was Cowboy Bebop. And Cowboy Bebop came out like almost before we were born or right around that time. Disclaimer, I did not finish cowboy bebop until like four months ago i had seen at least half of it okay fair enough but to, to, to say that credit me in front of my fellow weebs but to to go you know go back to the point you just made is that you wouldn't have been on that initial hype train and in fact cowboy bebop actually wasn't very popular when it first came out that's oh, why no, it doesn't I get another season um, because you know the the Japanese thought that it was too Western, like Western as in American, um, which is I think why we enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't have been on that initial hype train, but yet you still you know really thoroughly enjoyed it. So I think that kind of contradicts what you're saying about you know uh, uh, you only or it, it seems like you're saying you only can enjoy it while you're on the hype train. No, not that's not that's not what I'm saying. Even a little bit, I'm. Uh, you can enjoy a product without uh, being a part of of its initial hype. Hype only exists in the initial stage of, of a product's release. Uh, that's why there's not hype around Gurren Lagann right now. Because Gurren Lagann did come okay. out 10 years ago. Uh, there's a lot of people who say that uh, Cowboy Bebop is an artistic masterpiece, and it is. But so is Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. That doesn't mean that Beethoven's Ninth Symphony is hyped. It's just an objective statement of fact that it is a great piece of art. Um, uh, and when I say that you're either left behind or, or ran over or on board... Uh, that's what I mean. If if you show up to the station after the hype train is left, well, congratulations. Everybody else is already on to the next thing, and you're now just getting started on it. Which was okay. Uh, um, honestly, uh, what was it? Uh, Devil Man Crybaby. Uh, I would say that that's a a a, pro, a a series where I was left behind at the station. Uh, where everybody else had already seen it and had moved on to the next thing, which I think after that was Devil was a part timer. That everybody. No, 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 no. Devil is a part timer came out years before. Was it? Yes. I thought it came out afterwards. No, no, no. And they're also in vastly different genres, so I don't think people would compare those. 
Um, but no. it's not that they were comparing them, but that, that was the next anime that I that I thought that I remembered that everybody was just no. absolutely obsessing over. What I said is I enjoy Devil's a Part-Timer as a comedy because I think it's really funny, but it came out, it's it's like Gurren Lagann era uh, is when it came out, like that mid to early 2000s era. you serious? I, I, I'm positive. So Arthur and I have actually had this conversation a couple of times before how um, I watched Devilman Crybaby a little bit earlier after it came out just because that again had some friends who were like yeah this is is really good you know you should check this out and i really enjoyed it um uh, arthur had a a couple of people uh, mr darren tillman might be one of those people who kind of screamed in your face about how good it was and so you're you it almost seemed like they held you hostage until you watch it you're like fine you were also one of those people i was but i also didn't I don't know. I maybe maybe I was, but but you. It almost was like you were like, fine. I will watch the show. I mean, I I highly uh, uh, appreciate and value your your input and your because uh, because you and I have very similar tastes in a lot of different things. So I'm like, all right, I've got two people whose opinions I highly value, both telling me, hey, check out this show, you'll like it. And so I was like, all right, I'll check it out. Uh, and part of it was like, yes, this is a decent franchise. I don't think it lives up to you know what y'all were telling me about it. But part of my disappointment with Devil's uh, Devil Man Crybaby as well is that uh, a big part of it got spoiled. Uh, and I didn't do that. No, you didn't I do would that. Never. And to be fair, it was it was a bit of a soft spoiler, anyways. Uh, basically, this unassuming background character shows up on screen, and one of my friends pointed at him and said, "Hey, man, fuck that guy. That guy's a fucking asshole." And it was like one of the first times this character had shown up on screen, and I'm like, "Oh, well, okay. Then thanks for telling me that that guy's about to do something evil." Um, and you know, me being the literary analysis that I am, I kind of figured out more or less the 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 broad strokes details of what happened. Um and so one of the big like shocking moments of the series got ruined for me. Um do you think you were kind of held hostage until you watched it? Yeah, and and honestly society held me hostage with Game of Thrones until I watched it. And again, Game of Thrones was good. It was. Uh but I can only say that it was good and not that it was great because I was told to expect a 10 out of 10 and I got a 10 out of 10. Uh, Here's my question, though. Can you hype yourself up in a bad way? Uh, So I think about this all the time and I've had this conversation with several people, probably more than once, and they're probably tired of hearing hearing about this. But (laughs) absolutely. I did this to myself, um, you know, back... uh, I wouldn't say back in the day. It wasn't that long ago, but my favorite, everybody has their favorite superhero franchises. And I think I've mentioned it before that the X-Men are my favorite uh, is my favorite superhero franchise. Mm -hmm. And to me, in my opinion, X-Men days of future past is the best X-Men movie. Logan is a better movie, but as far as like a superhero X-Men movie, Days of Future Past is as good as you're going to get. Because Logan is more of a character study than it Pretty is much, a superhero yeah. movie. Um, and, uh, you know, there's the scene where you've got uh, James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart and they're meeting each other face to face. And he's got to, you know, basically give himself a pep talk. That is one of like that's just one of my favorite scenes in film um, in general. And that movie was just it was so good. So when they announced Apocalypse, one 
Apocalypse, other than Magneto, is like one of the quintessential villains in the X-Men series. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, shoot, we're following up. Days of Future Past. We got some more McAvoy coming back. I love him. You know, I love um, uh, Michael Fassbender as Magneto. And 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 that's kind of cool. And and we're getting, you know, a follow-up to Days of Future Past with Apocalypse. This is gonna be great. And I'm I'm going into the theater even and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm like bouncing in my seat. I'm so excited. I got a big old smile on my face. And then about halfway through the movie, smile fades a little bit. And by the end, I was so angry. I was so no, it's it's I wasn't angry, I was disappointed. And to me, self hype is, is totally hyped it up so much that honestly, to me, I recognize that Dark Phoenix is a garbage movie. I recognize that X Men Origins Wolverine was so bad that they literally created another movie that to made explain that explain it out of existence. <laughs> but to me, X Men Apocalypse will always be my least favorite X Men movie because I had honestly hyped it up so much. With Days of Future Past, and even with First Class, because First Class is also really good. Mm -hmm. But I had hyped it up so much that it was such a letdown. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't technically or story-wise or acted as bad as X-Men Origins or as Dark Phoenix. But after Apocalypse, I didn't expect Dark Phoenix to be any good. I'm going to be honest. I didn't. I went so to see So you came it. in expecting a six and you got a five or a six. And you're like, that's about that's what fine. I thought it was going to be. I wouldn't have given it a five or a six, but I was like, whatever. I expected this at this point. It's fine. The scene on the train was really cool. Magneto oh, yeah. murking people guns, on the train. Like, that was, that was cool. totally cool. But I didn't expect Dark Phoenix to be any good. I also didn't expect it to be good because of the last time. Uh, the they tried to do the Dark Phoenix. And I was like, you know, whatever. But. After a film, you know, two back-to-back, -back, a, a good film and a great film, X-Men Apocalypse let me down. But part of that was because I'd hyped myself up to mm -hmm. that point. And to we talk about uh, uh, self-hype, let's talk about a franchise that we both self-hyped each other up about. That was Aragon. Because we are both massive fans of the Inheritance Cycle, and I, I know about me, and I'm pretty sure about you. When they announced that they were making an Aragon movie, I freaked out. I was like, oh, yes, let's go. And they even like when they released like the cast photo of Aragon, I was like, okay, you know, he looks like Aragon. And when they released a the photo of Brahm, I'm like, I can, I can kind of see that. Like these characters. I expected Brahm to be older. A little bit older, maybe, but like, you know, magic. Fuck, I can believe it. Like, Gandalf is like 20,000 years old and he still looks that young. Let's, but I he's can believe not it. human, so. Yeah, we can. Whatever. So technically, uh, Aragorn is like uh, in in the books. He, he starts the books off at like the age of sixty something, and he dies at like 120, 150 or whatever. So the fact that he looks like a thirty year old absolute stud muffin <laughs> in the movies is a, a little bit different. Anyways, anywho, I'm sorry. I just had to obsess over one of my man crushes for a second. Uh, but no, when they announced Aragorn, uh, Aragorn, <laughs> Aragon, the, uh, I was uh, really excited. You know, I was like, like the cast looks kind of good. Well, kind of some of the special effects. I don't know about it, but you know, it was early two thousand five. We whatever. we kind of we we didn't expect much from the special effects back then. Uh, but when it came out, oh, oh, it was so bad. 
It was so immensely horrible. I, I kind of agree with that. I hadn't thought about that, but I, I felt like that dad who sits you down and goes, I'm not mad at what you did. I'm just I'm disappointed. disappointed. And th- that hurts more. Like you almost like wish that they were mad at you because them being disappointed is like even worse. No, I was so disappointed with the Aragon movie because it, it could have been really good. And oh man, did they just ruin a perfectly good opportunity. But part of me thinks that maybe I was expecting more from it than it could possibly have delivered. I was expecting the next Harry Potter, the next Percy Jackson. Uh, I'm not going to say the next Lord of the Rings because that's too hyperbolic. But I was expecting another great fantasy movie franchise to come out of one of my books were because the well, yeah, exactly because that's what the books were. And that is not what we got at all. Uh, and and I know all the books weren't out by then because I remember distinctly I bought Inheritance when I was in college and I definitely was not in college in 2005. But so uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of our podcast. We are going to have to cut it here, um, but I hope it got you a little hyped to uh, subscribe, follow, and share us with your friends. And I promise if you subscribe and follow, I will stop making puns about the word hype. I can't promise what Arthur's going to do, but I will stop with these puns. Don't forget, if you're on YouTube, ring that bell so you know when our next video or podcast comes out. We're going to be making a lot more of these in the uh, next coming few weeks because we have a little bit more time on our hands right now. We could devote towards the making of this podcast. Uh, we really hope that y'all are enjoying it. If you have something that you want to say or a topic or a subject that you want us to cover, leave it in the comments down below. Leave a like if you liked it uh, and and share it to some of your friends and family. Let them know. Uh, let them get on the conversation. We, we would love to get uh, more conversation happening in the comment section uh, so that we can interact with y'all even after we get done talking here. So thank you so much, lords and lovelies, for listening, and the court is adjourned. Farewell.